0: okay here we are back again for another caring support podcast uh today i'm really privileged to invite a couple of amazing ladies in this uh this week that uh i thought personally our audience needs to meet these two amazing women so i wonder if uh first of all i could do a little bit of an introduction uh for uh, suzanne shell who's with the roi institute uh and uh Suzanne, uh, I'm gonna let you uh give you a second to introduce yourself. And then of course the lovely Ray Lynn uh Douglas, who is from is it called Sol?
1: Ray Soleil.
0: Ray Soleil, I'm sorry. Uh, which is management consulting. And the two of you have partnered up to come up with this really cool initiative to help in in healthcare. Uh so Suzanne, maybe you could do a little introduction of yourself first would be great.
2: Sure. And uh thanks, James, and uh Nice to see you, Ray Lynn, today. Um, I'm uh, the CEO of ROI Institute Canada, which is the Canadian partner of the ROI Institute. Um, just very quickly, the work I've been doing over the last eight to 10 years with ROI, return on investment, has been in healthcare. And Ray Lynn um, came into my pathway with her amazing uh, process to affect retention in our healthcare. Um, HR crises, and we've um, got together to show you today what what we are doing and how we're doing it, Um, but my work in in the ROI Institute covers many, many areas of healthcare, but this one's got my passion, so we'll talk a little bit more of how we do that together.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and Ray Lynn, maybe a little introduction about yourself, please.
1: Sure, yeah. Uh, The business name is Ray Soleil, just like the French uh, word for sun. It's a play on words because my intent is to bring energy and sunshine into organizations and help build great cultures where people love to work. So I have a background in the Ministry of Finance for most of my life and then working in healthcare in Ontario. And I met Suzanne in January of 2020, that magical month before the pandemic, took a course of hers while I was doing my MBA at Rotman. And I thought, this is absolutely the right thing for healthcare leaders. We all need to learn this skill because we need to make the best use of taxpayers' dollars. And so after we met and had some time apart uh, in isolation. We came back together last summer to design some programs that really have an impact on the health human resource crisis. And we're really excited to be offering solutions instead of just talking about the problem.
0: Now, that's really great, because I can tell you uh, having working with you ladies so far, I can attest to the fact that, that you have some great ideas uh, and you're looking at the things that really matter. Uh, you know, and and we're going to get into this some more. So I'm not going to absolutely steal your thunder. Um, so uh, you kind of answered the first question, you know, about how you started to work together and uh, your professional background. So why did you become interested in the healthcare crisis? And why did you think retention was an extremely important part of that?
1: I'll jump in first, if you don't mind, for this one. Um, So I've been working as a Director of Contracts and Service Provider Relations at the Central West Local Health Integration Network. And every quarter we'd have organizations come in with workforce challenges, challenges. this is way before the pandemic. Nobody could retain their staff, there was a PSW shortage. And I was really curious about this problem and how can we redefine our workplaces to have an impact on this? Went to school to do my MBA. And I had this aha moment when I realized we're losing millions of dollars on churn, this constant replacement of staff that no one is calculating. So if you look at an organization of 15,000 staff, they could be wasting $250 million every year on churn. If you got that money from the government, you know we'd all be celebrating and increasing wages, but yet we're losing it and no one's calculating it. So that's where we thought, you know, we really need to focus attention on retention and not just on attraction and recruitment, which is important. But if we can teach leaders to learn these skills and make the best decisions with taxpayers' dollars, then we'd all be better off. Exactly. I'll turn over to Suzanne.
2: And then the, the question was asked, why did we become interested, or why did I become interested in healthcare uh, HR crises? Well, why I became interested is just what Raylan has said. And she's done so much work in this area, and her ha-ha moment is a big aha in her um, work that she did for her MBA but i'll push it back into the roi place and put my return on investment hat on our work in roi and healthcare has been extensive throughout healthcare organizations across canada improvement initiatives programs etc but they cannot deliver the value impact in roi that's the work we do is to prove that without having the best people and professionals in place and if we Continually sit back and see them being lost and leaving, all that other work that healthcare is doing in improvement initiatives, delivering best care, it's not happening. And the reason why we call it a crisis is because of that. It's the level of healthcare delivery and um, is diminished without having great people. And I'll speak to caring support; they attract great people. And do a great job doing it. But we need to keep those people in place to keep our healthcare processes sustainable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love what both of you had to say because that was amazing. Uh, this is a big problem. You know, we've created this match up job platform, as you know, done a great job of being able to streamline the process. But having said that, there's this rush to constantly replace people, replace people. And then there's no thought of the turnover. There's no thought of the retention. There's no thought of or it's like, well, this is the way it is now. It's a it's a candidate market. That is true. But what are you doing as an organization to impact and keep people from leaving? You know, so absolutely true. Uh, so you kind of answered the, Suzanne, you kind of answered the third question for me, which is how does the concept of ROI fit into the crisis? And you're you're welcome to add anything to, you, to that if you so desire. Um, yeah, I do.
2: I would like to add something. To yeah, things. of course. Um, it's a little uh, quote that I received from a chief of staff in a hospital um, area in Canada who said to me one day, this ROI stuff is great. We really need this because we spent half a million dollars on leadership development, which could be a retention strategy or part of a people strategy. But we spent that half a million dollars last year and we haven't got a clue if it made a difference. We don't know what impact it had. So the work going into the retention strategies that Relin can do so well, what adds to that is backing it up with an evaluation process to go to the funders or the people involved to say here we have credible um, data to provide you that it worked and here's the impact it made so it's one thing to do the training or the initiative or the intervention but to be able to show that it actually made a difference difference yeah and yeah. it's doing
1: and if I could just add in there, you know, put a little bit more colloquially, we like to say we want to have HR leaders talk like finance and vice versa, because it's hard to measure the impact of leadership development programs, right? Sometimes it's intangible things we're talking about. How do you feel about your workplace? What's the culture like? But if we can teach HR leaders to have those skills, to break down the things that are tangible and intangible, and they can convince the C-suite to invest in their people, you know, that's, that's when we start to see some magic happen.
2: And Mm Braylyn, I'll just uh, step on your toe a little bit there. If you put a leadership development program in place to build a people strategy or retention strategy, it's not hard to evaluate that and show the value. That's why I'm with you.
1: Yes. And we just need to teach people the skills, right? Because sometimes you ask the probing questions, they say, oh, well, anecdotally, we know. But how do you know? So make sure you have that framework in place, those measures set at the beginning, do your program and then follow up. So, these are very teachable skills, and I think it's an amazing skill set for a leader to have in their organization
0: yeah this is this is really great. And you know it, you guys are almost sort of like jumping ahead of my questions here. you know like this yeah, is perfect. this is you know why I work with rock stars is because it's like you're you're reading each other's mind. Um, we're, too,
2: uh, we're too passionate. And we don't stick to the script,
0: yeah, well, <laughs> and that's okay because you know what the thing is 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 what's really great about this is you're bringing r- real value. You know, and you're making an impact in healthcare. And you know, and some places aren't ready to hear this, and some places aren't prepared to make the changes, or, or willing to admit that there's a problem. But you know, with more and more people that start to see the value in what it is you're doing, and have actionable, uh, you know, uh, measurable results then, you know, obviously, the more people are going to be willing to share that with others to say, hey, you know, something I said, you should work with these two rock stars, because it's totally amazing. And, you know, I mean, that's what I call you, ladies, because you are. So um, let me ask you this. So, so how, you know, you were kind of touching on it, but just in case it's, it's not right there, uh, uh, you know, as far as how you'd like to answer this question, because, you know, I know you've seen these questions ahead of time, but How do you like to, uh, how do you help organizations meet their retention and ROI goals?
1: Well, very simply, we train leaders. So we go in with an organization, with workshops, working one-on-one with individuals or with a team, um, and a lot of virtual workshops right now, but we re- we train leaders how to retain their staff. So tangible, practical tools and, and uh, techniques that they can implement right away. But we build the capability within the organization. It's not just a report that we put on the shelf and say, thanks very much, you know, please deliver our check. We wanna transfer knowledge, we wanna build capability, we wanna roll up our sleeves and show people how, so that they can train others in their organization. You know, this isn't just one problem that one organization is dealing with. We're, we're dealing with this across Canada, across North America, across the world. So we all need to get busy working on solutions and, and we love to help transfer that knowledge.
2: And I, I'll add to that a little bit, Lynn, that you, you sort of didn't share a lot of the expertise that you bring to an organization. Um, Mary coming in and training leaders and showing them the power of retention and how, how to increase retention is awesome. But before she does that there's a whole uh, background bank of work she just doesn't land in on the doorstep and start pfft. you've got some good background on that and know what the problems are where their weaknesses are what's causing people to leave on mass so that that. And I'll let you talk about that. So that leak in the boat stops. Um, and I'll let Ray Lynn talk about her boat, but I'll answer your question, James, about how um, we help organizations with their retention and ROI goals. We want to work with organizations that want to either invest time and resources into people strategies and Ray Lynn's awesome retention strategies and how to get to the right answer. But we also want them to be able to say yeah I want to be able to say that we invest this time or money uh, we want to know that it worked we want to see the impact financially intangibles and man if you can reduce uh turnover and increase retention you got a high ROI so we want to work yeah. with organizations that want to do that build that evaluation into it so that we just don't go in and do something and leave. We want to follow it up and show the results.
1: Yeah, and I like to, to use the term, we want to help them cross the finish line because you yes. invest in a leader, you know, you, you design a workshop, you have people come, you count the number of people in the seats, they had a good lunch, they rate the instructor. Okay, did it have any impact? It was very common, that's what we do. So what we want to do is train people to ask more, right? Just design your programs so that you know exactly what you're trying to achieve. You achieve it, you cross the finish line because our resources are so scarce. you know we have to make the best use of them,
0: yeah, absolutely. You know what's interesting is um uh, with, with caring support, it, you know we would we would launch somebody on the website, like the a healthcare organization that's going to use it to help find people. And then all of a sudden, they start to see some of their own employees on the platform. Yeah. And you're like, you know right. obviously this just becomes a retention tool. But yes. nowhere near the level of, of the retention you guys are talking about and why it needs to be done. And by the p- time these folks are willing to look on our platform for a new job, is the question is, is not to get upset at these people, but to understand why. Before you're doing an exit interview, then it's yeah. too late.
1: Too late. I mean, it's da- good data. After. It's good data to have for the next time. But yes, talk yeah. to your people before they leave. And we have got lots of techniques for that. So, you know, I think now is the time to start having some of those conversations um, and we we help leaders figure out how to do that.
0: Yeah. So, okay, I would I would ask you if you could describe your methodology and share, share some of your retention strategies because you're kind of touching on it, but I'm w- wondering if you could maybe drill down a little bit more on that, be a little more granular.
2: Yeah. Well, do you want to talk about retention strategies and then I can talk about how, the ROI methodology can be embedded into the whole process so that an yeah. evaluation is inevitable?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we work through workshops primarily, right? And so depending on what an organization needs, you know, sometimes they say come in and talk for an hour. You know, you can't get a lot done in an hour, but we've got two-day, three-hour, you know, various sessions where we Dive deep into the problem, share that aha moment about churn and how the best, you know, the golden egg you've got is retaining your staff. You know, we talked to you, James, months ago about two sides of the coin, right? You have to attract, you need to fill those spots. But if you're losing those people, that's huge dollars going out the door. So what can we do to have leaders understand they need to have the conversations, they need to be empathetic, we need to build a, a culture of psychological safety and resilience these things take time. So sometimes it would it would require going in and working with leaders, you know, over a series of weeks to build those leadership capabilities. So it, depending on how ready organizations are to receive this information and to do something about culture, you know, we we can have an impact at lots of different levels. We have a, a workshop that we've done with the National Institute of Healthcare Informatics and it was a 2-hour workshop, but they left with tangible techniques for employee retention employee engagement surveys, how to do a stay interview, how to brainstorm local solutions with your team. Because you know, person over in Barrie might want Tim Horton's cards, but the person in Mississauga might want to hear thank you, right? So it's very individual. So you have to talk to your staff and we need leaders within organizations who say, yes, I understand, I'll be a champion for this. We need direction from the CEO down, but we need leaders across the organization helping to support that good culture. That's how you retain your staff.
0: Yeah, well said.
2: Oh. Suzanne? And yes, and to, to just jump over the the hurdle a little bit more from what Raylan said about how we help organizations and leaders um, learn how to retain employees. It is through workshops that we deliver and we deliver awesome workshops, I would say. But the <laughs> biggest uh, bullet, the silver bullet or the gold bullet that an organization can do is to say Raylan I need you in an organization for to help our leaders and customize something for our group based on what we know about why people are leaving and help them that way the the workshops give tangible takeaways that people can implement but to get a real if you're going to make a difference on in this you've got to fight it and go for it and not just invest a couple of hours so the the, the, the that's that's the the, the big push is to get organizations to wake up and say, we got to really pay attention to this and do something significant. Um, Yeah. Our methodology is uh, if we work with something like that, if Raylan was going into an organization to implement some retention strategies and some training and working with them, we would build in the, the process in a 12 step process from starting with, why are we doing this? What do we want out of it? What does success look like? Uh, how are we going to collect the data? How are we going to show the ROI um, and communicate the success story? So our methodology is laid out 12 steps that we incorporate into any program or initiative and incorporating it into Grace Olays retention work with an organization is where we want to take it. So she's putting it on the line there. She's going to do it, and she's going to have an evaluation in there to prove to the uh, organization that it did make a difference.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, just to add to that, a lot of uh, consultants go in and they say, yeah, I can do that, and it's, you know, $2,500, and it's three hours of work or whatever, and here's my bill, and we pay for it, but we don't know if we got the results. We don't know if leaders are changing their behavior or having those conversations, right? And so what we want to do is teach leaders this amazing, unique skill set where they no longer – just accept that right that they say okay i'm going to purchase this mental health training but these are the expectations i need at the end and maybe we need to design a few more things in there maybe we need you know role play maybe we need a script i don't know maybe we need to practice maybe we need to hold people accountable whatever the case may be so that you actually achieve the results across the finish line and that's where i think this is such an amazing skill set for healthcare leaders you know if you want to move forward in your career be a vp or ceo someday you know, there's a lot of nurses who are leaving who are saying, I'm burnt out, I'm stressed out. HR, there's lots of opportunities for us to think differently about how we design a workplace of the future. So I'm I'm excited. I think there's lots of opportunity to innovate and to think differently about how we lead.
0: Yeah, really great, ladies. This is amazing. This is such a pertinent topic uh, and, and uh, you know, really more so now. So. You're both really talking about this. So the question I have is then, so how do they how does an organization measure the effectiveness of these strategies? So I, I know that you're saying that, you know, you, you talk about deliverables, that this is what you hope to see, and accomplish and results and everything. But what what is the best way that organizations going to say? Yeah, we we can measure this and show that these actionable items are actually making an impact.
2: Okay, I'll take this one. Raylan. <laughs> So, if an organization, let's just put us an example together. They have a retention problem. It's a crisis maybe in their organization. They want to find the solution to improve retention. Let's say their retention, um, or let's say let's go turnover. Their turnover rate is twenty five percent, which is really high. Could be thirty percent. Some of them we see. That's the problem they need to solve. They need to reduce that down to maybe ten percent, but maybe not right away but over time down to 10% the intervention comes into play. We ensure that um, we have good learning. We have good understanding. We have good application of new skills etc that we then start to see retention increasing turnover coming down that rate maybe is now maybe in six months down to 15% okay there's a there's a big fat measure, <laughs> but the the work that goes into that measurement to be credible is how much right. of that reduction in turnover was attributable to Ray Lynn's retention strategies that she put in place with the leaders in the organization. And we work to do that credibly so that we have a good credible um, piece of that pie. If it went down ten percent, how much of that ten percent is us? So that's how we right. would the evaluation using the ROI methodology in place. And if we see a reduction of 10%, let's convert that to a monetary value. It's a huge number. And when we talk about the cost of turnover, it's a huge number compared to the cost yeah. of the intervention and we've got a nice ROI.
1: And if That's I could just a add a way of describing it. Yeah. If I can just add a little color commentary yeah. on that, most organizations we talk to aren't talking about retention. They're not talking about turnover rate. They're talking about, oh, culture and burnout and stress. And, you know, once we alert to them, there is a, a measure. It's called turnover. What is it? And how What's can we called? have an impact? Then we can start talking real, real dollars because, you know, yeah. James, in your work, you probably talk to organizations and say, well, we've got 1,200 spots we need to fill. So your measure might be fill rate, you know, yep. uh, time to hire, right? You might be looking at measures that that. Quantify the effectiveness of your program, the cost associated with it, you know, various, various things. But for us, once we start talking about t- turnover and the cost of churn, millions and millions of dollars that people aren't even thinking about. So that's yeah. where we say, okay, start to pay attention to turnover rate. And that might be the take-home for everyone who's listening here. Go find out what it is. And then try to figure out a cost of replacement. You know, some people say it's one and a half to two times salary. We have a CEO uh, leader that that spoke to us recently who said that she's going to spend two hundred fifty thousand dollars on leadership training because that's the cost of replacing one leader. So that's wow. a that's a leader who gets it, who understands how expensive this is. But most people haven't even turned their attention to it. So we yeah, help to focus that attention and then build a program, you know, that has an impact on that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, excellent. Both both what you, what you said there. Um, I can tell you that a couple things come to mind. Number one, I appreciate the fact that, you know, you're not going to be the the consultant that comes in and provides the off of the shelf solution that's that's canned, that's ready for everybody. And you apply it the same way and, you know, and and please pay your bill. It's three grand just to show up. Um, but instead it's this measured approach that really takes into consideration all the things that you know that you've got to learn about that organization because no organization is exactly the same as the next notwithstanding that is the fact that you you know you get into these things and people really don't understand and they can't quantify what, how much stuff's cost how do we handle this in healthcare now we yell at the government for more money <laughs> to say that we need, you know, to be able to hire more people and whatever. And I, I'm kind of like, yeah, I get it that that the more money can be helpful. But very often, it's the waste. It's very often it's the it's what's going on the turnover and, and because of all these different things you're talking about, that says that if we don't course correct and we don't actually have something that we can make a huge difference and impact in, then we're forever going to be running around requesting more money, thinking that, well, that's the problem, but it might be that because it's a leaky ship, right? So, yeah.
1: And if I can add a, a cute little analogy for you in that, yeah. I love, I love the way you're going with this. If you're managing your own budget at home and you're like, oh man, I really want to afford to live in Vancouver where I'm visiting today. I just don't have that. I'm not, I don't have the salary. I need to ask my boss for more money. I need to ask for an increase. In my, not going to happen. Okay, well, let me look at my expenses. Holy cow! I've been paying ten thousand dollars a month for. Okay, let's start out differently. Five hundred dollars a month for my cell phone, and then it's a thousand, and then it's two thousand because my kids are using data and I'm not paying attention. But it's auto pay, and I'm not looking at it. And then sometime along the way, my husband comes and says, "We spent ten thousand dollars last month on data." What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We need to do something about that, and that's the same kind of problem. This employee uh, churn that we've been experiencing for decades has created an unsustainable system. You know, I can I could demonstrate to you how we've lost six billion dollars over the last few years on employee retention, or lack of retention. This churn, that's a huge amount of money. That's a COVID-level pandemic crisis every year in healthcare in Ontario. So we have to stop the leak, right? That's the leaky boat that Suzanne referred to earlier. You can keep filling it with people. But if they're falling out the other side, you know, if we've got a system that's not sustainable, I think we're living that right now.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, now, before uh, it, we're running out of time, but um, I, I really love this. I think this is fantastic. This is some very, very important stuff. And the two of you teaming up together, I'm really glad that I've met you, uh, because you do bring a lot of value to the healthcare. Uh, world, and you're both amazing people, which is why I call you rock stars, right? Uh, but, uh, okay, any other comments that you'd like to add before we uh, close this off? Maybe uh, go to you, Suzanne, now. Anything else yeah. that you want to add?
2: Yeah, I'll, um, I'll add a little bit. Um, uh, collaborating with healthcare organizations to build capability to ensure they're proving their value, impact, and ROI. And what I really mean by that is taking the cost of something and making an investment if you if you see something on a line item that you perceive as a cost maybe cost of leadership development cost of retention training it'll get cut in a minute but if we see it as an investment that we see that it's actually adding value to the organization and actually saving us some money in the healthcare system we tend to nurture it and keep it so that's my passion and then Connecting with Ray Lynn, it enhanced it even more because her passion for what she's doing just dovetails with mine. And that my whole uh, passion about helping Canadian healthcare is now dedicated to helping Ray Lynn show the value of retention. Uh, on retention, again, nobody's talking about it, as Ray Lynn says, but no organization even knows their turnover rates and all of that. And I just today have a live example that even our population in Ontario, uh, I'll pick on Ontario, because our premier did something crazy. He's refunding two years worth of our license fees for the sticker for your car. Yeah, everybody's getting a big fat check in the mail. And people that even are in healthcare are saying to me, why doesn't he keep that money and hire more nurses? Well, darn! not see, even the average person thinks hiring more, hiring more is going to solve the problem, and it will. And we need that to happen. And we need caring support to continue that great work. But we gotta keep them, and that's the bow that needs to be tied on that.
0: Yeah. Before uh, Lynn, before you say something, if you, if I, I'm sorry, um, uh, Suzanne. You know, for us, we go through this when we say, hey, you know what? Here, not only can you find candidates quicker with caring support, uh, but we, you know, what what you're experiencing and seeing, what we all experience, is everyone works in silos. So yes. the government is giving money back over here, but it doesn't yep. occur to them or even think about the fact that, hey, what if we just re you know uh, appropriate these funds over here where it makes sense because healthcare workers could use the money, um, and and somehow level of appreciation when it comes to the money side of things. I totally agree. Like, you know, on caring support, we brought the schools in. We brought in immigration, settlement agencies, all these things. So people can find people from everywhere, all in one place, immediately. Bang, 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 instant communication, everything. And so people like, once they see it, they're like, oh my God, this is so cool. This is such a great idea. And you know, because people, we have to innovate. We have to innovate and we have to change. And we have to get over the fear of change. Right. So anyway, Raylan to you please.
1: Yeah, and I worked for 23 years for the Ministry of Finance, so I agree that there are silos, but little plug for my bureaucratic friends, those are tough decisions. And when they decide to make a $5,000 retention bonus for nurses, it's not done easily. It has to go through Treasury Board. There's never enough money in government to go around. So right. organizations, you have it within yourselves to save the money, reinvest your what you're what you're keeping because you're not replacing staff constantly. Be able to offer these amazing workplaces where people love to work, right? You can do that without government support. So I think, you know, Suzanne mentioned her passion, my passion, I feel like everything's kind of aligned, my finance background, her ROI, our passion for the health human resource crisis, even though we're not HR leaders. You know, I think this is a very unique opportunity for people to have an amazing impact on the healthcare workforce. And I'm really excited about the opportunities. And when you start to talk to people about being part of the solution, you see smiles on their faces, positive energy, you know, some life brought back into their work. And I think so many people have left because they're despondent, they're burnt out. They don't see their purpose. They feel like they have been rejected by people in government and others and patients even. So let's help leaders create amazing cultures where people love to work and attract back that amazing workforce that's left and put them in great places where they can thrive and grow a career. So Absolutely. that's what gets yeah. me excited is the energy that yeah. comes from it.
2: And I also yeah. also just add a little snippet to that, that talking before we went on on live, there is a fear in organizations of exposing maybe a toxic organization or bad leaders, etc. Let's get over that. Uh, let's yeah. just find a way to make the environment and healthcare for our amazing healthcare professionals to stay and want to work and deliver great, great work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think how we get past this is that we don't blame. We recognize that everyone's been through this huge marathon and sprint at all levels of the organization and everyone can change, right? You can start to be a more empathetic leader tomorrow by making eye contact, by saying, thank you. And that doesn't cost any money, as I would say, Suzanne always uh, questions me on that. But you know, hope can have an awful lot of a great impact on an organization. If you p- feel that that you can be part of a solution, you know you will be a different kind of leader.
0: I agree. Yeah. okay, so you know ladies, we have to go. We have to it's <laughs> up to, we could talk about this all afternoon, which would be great uh, because it's such a great subject and it's so important. um. I want to thank you very, very much for being on our uh, Caring Support Podcast. Uh, This has been really fantastic. I love your energy, ladies, both of you. You're very smart, uh, very well-spoken, and certainly are doing amazing work. So, uh, you know, once this is done, we'll make sure that people can reach out to you and find you and know what the story is and and engage with you. Uh, But otherwise, um, thank you so much. You're
2: welcome. Thank you, James. Maybe we have to do another one, James
1: what's that thanks
2: we have to do another one podcast 2.0
1: yeah thank you for all the work thank you for all the work that caring support is doing you're you're doing a great job and we're so pleased to be partnering with you we love
2: caring support yeah thanks ladies have a great day talk soon thank you